Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode. Uh, we got Chris and Dylan with me. Um, we're going to do a little different. We've been talking NFL almost every week for the last month, at least maybe a little longer. And yeah, we all know that it is Super Bowl week, but we're going to talk some NBA because it's uh, trade deadlines coming up. NBA All-Star games coming up soon. It, we're almost at what, 50 games? I think we're at 50 games. So we're pretty much almost two-thirds of the season's already done. So we haven't really talked too much about it. So we needed to get some, you know, get some uh, NBA action going on. And like I said earlier, the trade deadline's coming up. And Dylan, I, I wanted to ask you, you know, there's been a lot of pretty good trades. There's been a lot of uh, talks of the trade before the deadline tomorrow, which when this podcast, you know, on Thursday. Um, what's a trade you would like to see? Like it's, well, I mean, it could happen. Well, I mean, shocker. I'm going to go with the Warriors, but I, I want to see Golden State at a big, uh, like Jonathan or James Wiseman hasn't played since April. Uh, he, the big, we don't have any bigs, uh, on our roster. Essentially. We were talking about Kaminga a little bit ago and Kaminga is listed as a power forward, but in traditionally he's a, he should be a small, small forward. Yeah. But and for Golden State, he's a power forward. Uh, but I want to see us get a big, and it doesn't have to be like a can't really do anything type of big. Um, I mean, I've seen some names floated around. I would love Miles Turner from Indiana. Um, that's a guy I would love to see us grab. You've been saying that since this offseason. I know. Since the offseason. But, like, Miles Turner fits. He's a decent passer. He's a great rim protector. He can shoot it. Uh, So he he would fit in really well. So I would like to get rid of some of maybe of our younger assets, maybe Moses Moody um, with a a second second round pick or something and try to see if we can get Miles Turner. I think that's a smart deal. Kendrick Williams from Oklahoma City is another name I've seen thrown out there. Um, he's but he's small like he's not a big but he he's he's a 6'6 210 but he's he's as I know Chris is gonna say I hate that man he's like Draymond Greenish uh where he can switch he can play oh, defense uh you're talking about he's trash is that what you're saying yeah that's what I'm saying <laughs> oh, uh, but 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 I want a big like we just don't have a traditional big like I don't need a big who's unathletic and can't do anything miles turner is not unathletic and he can he can do about everything so that's the trade i would like to see maybe move moses moody in a pick um to get miles turner in because i think miles Turner. i mean imagine that starting lineup i mean you have steph curry clay thompson andrew wiggins draymond green miles turner then you've got jordan Poole, jonathan kaminga gary payton Otto porter off the bench like I mean, tell me that's a that's a solid solid team. Chris is meh. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't, it, want, it's, he doesn't want to admit it. He doesn't want it's to no, admit it's, it. It's no Phoenix depth, but it's depth, I guess. <laughs> All but right, that's the trade I would want to see. All right, Chris. Before I go to you, um, I'm going to tell you my trade. My trade would be, uh, you know, with all this talks of Russell Westbrook not working out in LA, he's scared um, you're going to take his trade. That's yeah, I am. I am. I am. He's, I am. I said it before the show, and you know. But um, I would like to see John Wall and Russell Westbrook, what you know, trade. I'd like to see what John Wall could do with LeBron and Anthony Davis. That's a solid point guard who can move the ball, who can shoot the ball, can drive, but he's a solid point guard. Um, no, he's had health issues and everything like that, but 
it just looks like in this Lakers game, you know, this Lakers team, it is not meshing well and something has to go. And the one person that is the, you know, the odd man out in a sense is Westbrook. Um, I mean, he played zero minutes last night in the fourth <laughs> quarter. You know, if you're this good player, you're not sitting in a, co- a whole game, like a whole quarter. So I, I just would, I, I think that's the trait I would like to see. I'm not a Lakers fan. I'm not, you know, but I think it just makes more sense. I'm not going to talk about the Harden and Simmons and all this other stuff, you know, like the Brooklyn and, and 76ers. Those are obvious ones. I think this is one for me that just kind of stands out a little bit, but I think it makes sense. Cap wise makes sense. Mesh team wise. It gives Westbrook his team in a sense, because there's nothing in Houston that's going to make him like he's got to worry about. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I guess maybe I'm off. Maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? But that's mine. Um, Chris, I am going to go to you now, now that I've said what I had to say. Um, what mean, is a trade that as, you have? As a LeBron fan, I would love to see the trade you said, but that's not the one I'm going with. All right. Um, but the one I'm going with is super low-key, and I say it, it, it's it's reminiscent of the Suns getting JaVale McGee over the offseason. At the time, you're like, oh, it's not that big of a trade, but it could pay off significantly like it is for the Suns in the long run and that is the Toronto Raptors looking to move Goran Dragic I mean they've already made it clear that he is a piece not necessarily that they want to trade but they're they're open to hearing talks and if there's one team that could use some veteran leadership who's a guard and who could train up guys like I don't know Colin Sexton or Darius Garland I think he'd be a great fit in Cleveland I mean Cleveland has played They've overplayed anyone's expectations first off. And I think really the only thing Cleveland's missing, except a star, like I, I, I still think they're missing that star score. Um, that's going to bite them because, I mean, statistically, they're a scrappy team that manages to get it done. But I think a veteran guard could go a long way in helping Cleveland to reach the next level. Because um, unfortunately in Cleveland, you're not going to draw big names because you're the Cleveland Cavaliers. You don't have the appeal of the New York Knicks. You don't have the appeal of the Clippers, Lakers, Nets, all these other teams that have big markets, Golden State. Unless um, LeBron goes back to Cleveland. Unless LeBron goes back to Cleveland. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it, you're, you have to accept if you're the Cleveland Cavaliers, you're a small market team, and you just got to hit on these small deals, and I think this is one that they could absolutely hit on. I like, that I like one. they're adding Levert though. The Cavs adding Levert from Indiana. Yeah. I thought that oh, was absolutely. a really good trip. Yeah, that was, I think, I, I think that, yeah. So since we've given each of us, you know, given our, our one trade league, you'd like to see, like I said, we're two thirds of the way through the season. Chris, I'm going to stick with you. What's the surprise? Let's, what's a surprise team in the NBA? I'm not going to go East, West, whatever. I just want one team you see that was like, wow, uh, where did they come from? I mean, it has to be the Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't want to keep harping on these guys. But, <laughs> I mean, you you just look at the box scores of their guys. Like, no one is the guy and is the clear leader of the team. Obviously, you have your better players. But their top score is averaging 19.8. They have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players averaging over 10 points a game. And they just play good team ball. I mean – 
there's nothing there's nothing sexy about the way they play. Like statistically, they're 22nd in points scored, 11 field goal, 24th free throw, 17th three point, 20th three point made, and 10th rebound, 7th assist, 22 in turnovers, 10 <laughs> turnover to assist, and 24 in block shots. Statistically, you look at this team and you're like, man, they'd be lucky to make the eighth seed in the East. But they're playing. They're they're overplaying any expectations that possibly could have given. They're sitting at the number three seed ahead of the Chicago Bulls, who everyone is crazy about for good reason. I do think the Bulls are good. They made a lot of great signings. But just seeing Cleveland where they are, it's extremely impressive. Um, at the beginning of the year, I forget who on their team said it, but they basically said, watch out for us because they had a really big lineup. And everyone's like, ha, 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 ha. Okay, we get it. You, We want you to be confident in your team. It's your team. But maybe he knew something we didn't because their big lineup has them at three in the East. So that's got to be my surprise team. Okay. I like it. I like that team. I mean, I, I like what you're saying, you know, and if that trade happens, that could even make it better, you know. Um, all right, Dylan, what do you got as your surprise team in the NBA right now this season? I mean, the Golden State. I'm just kidding. Uh <laughs> I know. Is that really a surprise? I think it is. No, I think it is for how big the jump was, in my opinion. Uh, I can but, see that. You know, my mine is going to be in the West, though. It's going to be uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves. They're they're the seventh seed, so they're not like they're not like Cleveland, like Chris was saying, who's in the third seed or anything like that. But they're a team that last year was not that good. Uh, they didn't have a lot of things going for them but this year they've kind of put it they've put it together um and and have gotten some good wins i mean they beat denver a couple night or a couple weeks ago which i mean denver's a, a top six team i think they're the six ranked team right now um they've beaten golden state they've beaten uh the nets they've they've won some big games against some good teams uh but they have guys who are playing playing really well like Carl Anthony Towns we all know Carl Anthony Towns is one of the better bigs in the league uh he's almost averaging a double double um and he's shooting ridiculous from the three he's shooting almost 41 percent from three taking five a game so that's nothing to sneeze at uh but Anthony Edwards has taken a huge jump in year two D'Angelo Russell I think is learning how to play the point guard position at a better level um, his shooting numbers are a little bit down from what they normally are, but his assist numbers are at a, at a career high and his turnover turnovers are at a career low. So he's, I think they're, if I remember correctly, they're at a career low. Uh, and so he's playing really well uh, with that team, learning how to do stuff. And as small as it sounds, kind of like Chris's uh, JaVale McGee mentioned, like, the Timberwolves got Patrick Beverly. As much as everyone hates Patrick Beverly. Oh, you hate him if he's not on your team. Oh, yeah, but he's a great defender. He's a great locker room guy. He's a great teammate. And uh, he's been a huge boost, I think, for them defensively. And uh, But offensively, they got a lot of weapons. I mean, they can attack you from every level. D I mean, D'Lo is a great mid-range scorer. Anthony Edwards can hit the three and come inside. Cat can post you up or take you outside. They have guys who can go multiple. Anthony Edwards is a decent defender. Cat is, a, is an above-average uh, defender. So they have pieces at every level. I don't think they're going to make some, like, crazy run 
or anything like that, but I think they're a team that has been building the last couple of years, and it seems like they're starting to put it together. I, I wouldn't be shocked if next year they are a top four team in the West. Uh, if they can put some, some bring in a piece or two through a trade or a free agent or anything like that or hit on a draft pick, I wouldn't be shocked. So they'd have Dylan, to hit on a draft pick, but. I have a question for Dylan. The reason I shake my head no at the top four, I've seen some recent trade rumors connecting your Warriors to a Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, dude, sign me up. I'll, I'll <laughs> put my words in a minute. I'll put, put my words in a minute for Carl okay. Anthony Towns. Who, uh, that, would be a dis- that would be a disgustingly good fit. Yes. Uh. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. Um. Trade James Wiseman, Jordan Poole first. <laughs> take him by. No, it'd be great. It'd be a great fit. Um. All right. My team. Uh. I'm going with. I know this is going to sound almost like chalk because they haven't Trey played. Kaminga. With... <laughs> <laughs> uh. I'm going with the Memphis Grizzlies. You know, last year. They were like ranked 15th in almost every category that they need, you know, in, in scoring and everything. But this season, John Moran has come on as an MVP candidate. He's like played like amazingly well. The Grizzlies have looked like a team that could actually contest and look, you know, and beat others that are high tiers, you know, not saying that they're going to the chip, but they're going to give a run to Phoenix or nope, Golden State nope. or. Don't, don't Utah. Um, and Ja has just made himself, you know, I, I don't know, just one of those players that you just – you can't miss a highlight. If you're not watching his game, you have to watch the highlights of his game. Um, I look at his last year. I mean, this year they were – what was it? I, saw, I just saw uh, their second in scoring – or third in scoring this season, number one in rebounding, number one in block shots. You know, like these are teams like they, they go against teams like Utah and, and they and Phoenix and, and they're still showing everybody that they can play D and score the ball. So I look at them as a team that, like you just said about Minnesota, if Carl Anthony Town stays and, and they they could build themselves into one of those teams that continually looks good, that continually is in the playoffs. I don't know if they're ready to take over for someone like, you know, Phoenix, Golden State, or Utah. And but the, they the could be soon. And the difference between Minnesota and Memphis is Memphis is a place people want to go. True. <laughs> like, I, I agree. want to go to Minnesota. I mean, that's kind of the thing. you got to probably hit on a draft pick in Minnesota. But Memphis, people want to go there. And, and, like, people like Carl Anthony Towns, but people love John Morant. Yes. Like, that's an easy sell to come to Memphis is play with John Morant. So – that's a, that's something I could see that Memphis is building something that could last. I'm not saying they're going to be a dynasty or anything like that, but they no. could build a contending team for the next five, ten years. I think you're what they have. I think you're under hyping Memphis, Ty. Like I, I, I probably well, okay. Under- I'll say it this way: I don't. Hey, want he's to trying show- to temper. He's trying to temper himself. I really want, want to go. I really you're want to sleeping. go more. I'm not gonna. I, I'm not gonna lie. You're sleeping. You're sleeping on a big piece, and his name is Jaron Jackson Jr. That dude is a stud. Okay. I, I mean, I, as the, as a Suns fan, I'm concerned about two teams: <laughs> Golden State and Memphis. Not because they're the number two and three, because they both have those guys who are complete game changers. Who? Yeah, 
I agree. I okay, you're right. I did sleep on him. I just I'll be honest, I we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think it was me and Josh, and I wanted I was jumping on the jaw train. I'm not gonna lie. And I, I we didn't talk about it. So I, I wanted to say something because I just love the way he's playing. Just it's almost like a reckless abandon, but it's not. It's like poetry in, in a recklessness and it's weird What's, it's like shannon brown highlights except he finishes all his plays shannon <laughs> brown always put up these great highlights that never happened right jean Morant's doing it yes i mean like it was like marcus morris last night taking him out because he had to he was just making his team look horrible the morris twins are punks it's others do it well all right so going from that surprise team Dylan, what's your most complete team in the East right now? In the East? I was not prepared for that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I, uh, Would you like to go with the West? The Bro- it's not the Brooklyn Nets. Let's say that. No, um, no. I, man, it's, I want to say Milwaukee. The only thing that's holding me back from Milwaukee is the fact that they don't have Brooke Lopez. Uh, and they don't have a timetable on Brooke Lopez's return. Uh, but so I I would probably lean – this wouldn't be my pick to win the East, but maybe based on the question, <laughs> the most complete team is Miami. Yeah. You have, you have Bam, Jimmy, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Oladipo is about to come back, Kyle Lowry, P.J. Tucker – like they're deep. They have a plethora of guys who know their role, know what they're supposed to do, and they've been there before. Um, and so they don't have like a top five or even a top 10 or 15 ish player on their roster, but they have a lot of really good players on their roster that know what they're supposed to do, that play together as a team. And they're a solid one to five, even one to like eight or nine. They're really solid. And so they would be my my most complete team in the East. I think I'm agreeing with you on that one, especially. Um, Chris, do you have a different one? Um, yeah, I got the Chicago Bulls. Okay. I just think that DeMar, I think Demar Derozan is playing at a complete MVP level. They have a big who's a true center. Who, while he's not a great three point shooter, he can stretch the floor. And Nikolai Vucevic. Um, Zach Levine can do it all. DeRozan's been doing it all. Lonzo Ball is a perfect guy with playing with all these superstars because he's really good at moving the ball and playing good perimeter defense and they have caruso coming off the bench kobe white um i just really i i their weakness is definitely their bench but as far as a complete like dylan mentioned like a one through eight one through nine for the heat the bulls might not necessarily have that one through like they, they don't have the depth um but i will say their starting lineup they're one through seven, I think could be maybe top three best in the NBA. Okay. I, I mean, I, I'm agree with Dylan on this with the, the heat, but like I said, but I could see it. I could see the bulls. I mean, the bulls had the talk before the season and they've definitely been following through. They've had their moments where they didn't look good at all, but I mean, every team has so that. Close. Yeah, I agree. All right, I mean, so I'm just from the Philadelphia. Sorry, oh, no, Philadelphia you're good. is the fifth seed, and they're two games back with the Miami Heat in first. Yeah. So, yeah, I know. So 
I'm Chris. I'm gonna stick with you. Um, what? I don't know why I'm asking this, but you know, what is your most complete team in the Phoenix West? Next, <laughs> Phoenix. I, I think it's Phoenix, and I don't think it's close. Um, the reason why I don't think it's close is because I mean, Golden State's the next consideration, but like Dylan expressed before, they don't have a big man, and the Phoenix Suns didn't have a good big man off the bench. And now we have two good big men off the bench and a possible star big man on the floor in DeAndre Ayton. And our team does everything. I mean, Cam Johnson's a 43% three-point shooter. We have another sharpshooter with JaVale McGee at 40%. I'm just kidding. He's hitting like two out of five threes. Um, but, <laughs> but, I mean, Devin Booker's playing great. I mean, he's had his struggles, but he's still shooting 45%. And for a true shooter like Devin Booker to be shooting 45% is extremely impressive because you look at guys like LeBron shooting 52, but he drives. Like, he has a lot of those easy baskets. Yeah, they're close. Devin Booker earns it with, I mean, mid-range jump shots, three-point shots. I mean, he has has shown some bounce this year um, in his dunking ability. But as far as just defense, offense, transition, how deep our bench is, I, I just I, I can't not say the Suns because I could say our bench is probably better than four or five teams in the East, in my opinion. So I just we're complete. We do everything well. So. I mean, I, I know I just said, you know, I'm going to get Chris, surprisingly, what's your team? But I actually have to agree with you. Um, the streaks that they keep going on, it's like almost like you were talking about before the, you know, the, the podcast. It's like monthly. They go on a 10 game, 15 game, 18 game, you know, whatever. Let's hit a streak. Oh, hey, we haven't had one this month. Let's go. Um, and they just do it. So I have to completely agree with you that the Phoenix Suns right now do look like the most complete team in the West. Dill, do you have a different one? I mean, I know you're a gold state guy and they're number two. No, I agree, but I will say that the Warriors are two and one against the Suns this year. Yeah, but one of those wins are without Devin Booker. I just want to give you a hard time. Yeah. Uh, oh but I no, I agree. I think I think if Golden. the Warriors had a, if James Wiseman was there or we had another big there like Miles Turner, I would say the Warriors, but that's our biggest when you talk about a complete team and a complete roster, that's yeah. their weakness, is they yeah. don't have a big yeah. uh and so that like I can't say the Warriors, but yeah. if you guys add Miles Turner cat, it's no longer Suns by a lot. It's I'm not sure, it depends on the day. It, I uh, I could agree with that. I mean, if we pulled off Cat, which I have heard no rumors about, but I, I would be 100% on board with, uh, that would be amazing. Even Miles Turner, I, he's not a huge name, but then you don't have to worry about getting him the ball. You don't have to worry about, like, he needs 20 points a game. Like, just fit in where you get in. He's going to need it now in Indiana. I mean, like, JaVale, like JaVale McGee. Yeah. So, All right. On that note, but we're going to take our, our normal break. Uh, and like we said before, it is Super Bowl week, so when we come back, we are going to talk about the Super Bowl. All right, Super Bowl this week. Yeah, this is news to me. All right, all right, guys, we are back, and like we said before the break, we are going to talk about the NFL Super Bowl week. First, though, we had some new coaching hires last week. We talked about there were five open teams, but really there were only four. All four of those coaching hires are all four of those vacancies have now been filled. Um, 
Dolphins hired Mike McDaniel. Saints hired Dennis Allen. The Jaguars hired, hired Doug Peterson. And the Texans hired Lovey Smith. Dylan, what are your thoughts on those four hires? Yeah, well, I just gave a fist bump. None of you guys could see it that are listening, I, but yeah. but you guys could see it. Uh, because I was just on Twitter, and the ESPN just expanded its agreement with Peyton and Eli for Monday night with Eli, Peyton and Eli. So 2024. Yeah. So I was pretty excited about that. Uh, <clears throat> but, yeah, for these coaching hires, we talked about a lot of them last last week, um, but the new ones that you mentioned, uh, I think like I think Doug Peterson. I mean, I was harsh on Doug Peterson at the end of his Philly tenure because uh, he hated on my guy Carson, but um, he I think he did a great job building up Carson uh, and getting them to a good spot. He's a great offensive mind and a quarterbacks. I wouldn't say a guru, but he's good with quarterbacks. He can build them up. He's done it before. You saw it in Carson Wentz. So I think that hire for Trevor is going to be huge. Um, and I think they just hired the Bucks inside. Is it their out linebacker coach for their DC spot? Uh, I could I could be wrong, uh, but I think they did. But then you have Mike McDaniel. I I really like the Mike McDaniel uh, the uh, signing uh, for for Miami because McDaniel. From what I understand, McDaniel has been in this Shanahan system uh, the uh, the longest outside of the Shanahan's. Yeah. Like when when you take out Kyle, uh, so he knows that system. He's gonna give it a fresh look. Tua is gonna excel, I think, in that system because he's better than Jimmy G, but he's like Jimmy G. He's got he's got more arm talent. He's got more accuracy. He's a little bit more mobile, um, and I like Tua. And so they're going to be able to utilize him really well in that system. Uh, They're going to rely heavily on the run game. And I, I, this is, this is one thing that I I'm really excited about is the use of Jalen Waddle. Are they going to, is Mike McDaniels going to use Jalen Waddle like Debo? Debo, please. Oh God. uh, And so that's going to be really interesting. Like, because they started that in San Francisco. I mean, they're not the first people to ever do that, but it was successful under them under, under Shanahan and McDaniel. And so seeing how that worked, do you try it with a guy like Jalen Waddle who's electric? I say yes. Uh, and so I'm interested to see how that works. Dennis Allen. I, that was kind of a no brainer, I think with the saints uh, and lovey Smith was kind of a surprise. He came out of nowhere uh, for, for the, the, for Houston. Yeah. I will say, uh, this I don't, I don't hate it. He used to be a Tampa, Tampa's head coach. That kind of was a, the head coach, I think it was a DC for them. No, he was a DC. He was a DC. No, he was a head coach. He he was the DC, and then he went up to the head coach because we were going to lose him. So we fired somebody and took on Lovey, and then Lovey, um, we he left under like he just wasn't doing well. Um, yeah, I don't and so remember that. He, then he left, but. But he's he's a solid head coach. I think he'll be good, a good presence for them, giving some continuity. But I mean, no one was gonna steal Lovey, so it doesn't make sense why you go from uh gosh, I forget his name, their head co- David Culley to Lovey Smith. It wasn't like Lovey Smith was a hot coaching name that you needed to fire David Culley to hire right. Lovey Smith. So it just does that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but I, I don't hate the I don't hate the hire, but it's not it's not it's nothing groundbreaking. I will say this. I, I watched Lovey Smith in Chicago and, you know, he had winning records 
every year in Chicago, and they had no quarterback, which right now, David Mills isn't like the great quarterback, but he's not, he's, he's, he, he's, he's a not lot better. Him. He's a lot better than he's ever had in Chicago. I don't, I, I, no. I don't think you can say that with confidence see, at the moment. See, I think people, honestly, hot take, I don't want to get t- taken away. Davis Mills was the second best rookie quarterback this year. Davis Mills is the second okay. best rookie quarterback in the NFL well, this year behind Mac Jones. I will say this. He, he made great defenses in Chicago. I think he can make great defenses in, in Houston. Um, to get to Their that defense was pretty good this year. It, yeah, I think it'll get just better though. Um, Doug Peterson, I I agree with you. I think it's going to be good for Trevor Lawrence. I don't know how it's going to be for the whole team, but I think it can improve Trevor Lawrence. And maybe he if he right he puts in the right DC and you know and puts the right coaching staff around the team, and they start playing and picking well, that could be a build up. Um, Mike McDaniel, I didn't even think about what you just said about Jason Waddle. So I completely agree, though, um, as I, I like what he's going to bring. I don't know if two is going to be the right quarterback for that system, though. I'm not sure. Um, I just I think they like a bigger quarterback. And I just don't know. But I will say this. I'm, my last one I'm going to say is the Saints, Dennis Allen. I said it in our group chat when they were talking about to Eric Bieniemy. I've said it on this podcast before. I think Eric Bieniemy needs to be a head coach somewhere, and I'm still upset that he is not. But I am glad he is not in New Orleans because I do not want to go against him every year. I think over time he's going to be just a great head coach. So, um, but with that, we're going to switch it over to the Super Bowl. I. I want to start this out this way. We have two great quarterbacks in different times of their career. Matthew Stafford's at the end of his career. He is still doing good. He's played great in these playoffs. But then you got Joe Cool, Joe Burrow, who is at the beginning. He's in year two. And technically, he's year one because he finished this whole season. No, uh, he's in year two. He played 10 games Yeah, in year one. So. I don't know. He's like a Ben Simmons rookie of the year. <laughs> Don't get me started on that. <laughs> oh, talk about robs, robbing, so, <laughs> robbing Dan, Dan, freaking Donovan Mitchell of rookie of the year. I'm not still bitter. Continue. What do you guys think of this QB matchup? I mean, granted, I know we're where Chris is going to go with with Joe Burrow, but I mean, I think he's still going to have to give a little little credit to Matthew Stafford. I mean, I I I I really like Matt Stafford. And I don't, I don't think you're correct in saying that he's at the end of his career. He's only 32, 33. I think he's got a <laughs> – I don't think the Rams trade all those firsts and give up as much as they well, I'm not for saying, a one-year guy. I'm not saying it's one year. I'm just saying he's not he's a got, rookie. Well, he got, he's got less years <laughs> in front of him than he has behind him. Yeah. Fair. That's fair. Um, I mean, obviously, Joe Burrow is – I mean, here's here, – how was I explaining this to someone? I was I, I was explaining to someone at work. I, I drew the comparison of Joe Burrow and Andrew Luck. And I just thought of those guys, two quarterbacks that everyone just loved. And there's just you you just it's guys you can't like him, but Joe Burrow has that modern swagger that Andrew Luck didn't have. And he just he has it. The dude says a one-liner and the media's like, Yes, give me more one-liners, Joe. And they just love Joe Burrow. Joe, Joe Burrow is, I, don't, I think people, 
I love Joe Burrow. I think people are overhyping him a little bit. Like, oh, he's the next Tom Brady. It's like, this is his first four year. Relax. Um, but, I mean, I think Joe Burrow is the better quarterback. I mean, there's one team that's definitely the better team. But, look, I've been choosing against the Bengals all year. The entire year. And they've continuously proved me wrong. I'm like, oh, their O-line won't hold up against this defense. And they don't. But Joe Burrow does his thing. So, I mean, Joe Burrow's the X factor on the Bengals. I mean, it's obvious. Look at the well, I thought you just had before the uh, before we started this podcast, you had a different X factor for the Bengals. Oh, I did have a different what? So, in position difference, I think Evan McPherson is significantly better than Matt Gay. Matt Gay is, I think it is Matt Gay, right? Am I saying is that his first yes. name? Yeah. So Matt Gay is prone to missing kicks. He's already missed two this postseason. The dude's only attempted six. My guy, Evan McPherson, on the other hand, I just want to let you guys know, not trying to brag about it, but I was drafting this man in Madden way before he blew up. I'm just letting you know his kick power was high. Say no more. Um, But Evan McPherson is, I mean, I look at him now and his demeanor, similar to Joe Burrow, like they both have that swagger. Evan McPherson, I genuinely think, and, and I'm talking about overreaction with Joe Burrow, but I genuinely think Evan McPherson could be the best kicker of all time. Sorry, Vinatieri. Sorry, Tucker. There's a new man in town, and his name is Evan McPherson. Ooh. All right. Dylan, what's your take on the QB matchup? All right, well, one quick second. Kicker, I said that – I think I said that, what, last week or two weeks ago? I think I said Evan McPherson could be the next Justin Tucker. I didn't go to the say that he was going to be better, but I said he has the a potential to be just as good as Justin Tucker. Granted, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being better than Justin Tucker with the leg power, the clutchness that he has. But in terms of quarterback matchup, um, I mean, I, I'm not going to talk much about Burrow because – I mean, Burrow's Burrow. Um, I mean, I think the biggest thing for Joe is going to be that O-line. Yeah, I know he got sacked nine times against Tennessee and they won, but the Rams are not Tennessee. No, that Rams defense <laughs> is not the Tennessee D. Uh, so, so it's going to be a lot more difficult. Uh, the secondary for Tennessee is not as good as the Rams secondary. So even though you're getting pressure, so – it's gonna be it's gonna be dependent more on I think the O line stopping Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, and uh, Aaron Donald. Then okay. it's gonna be. Uh, for I was that. like, I was like, how many people are you gonna name before Aaron Donald? <laughs> I was like, what's going uh, on? Here? I think Matt. You don't Stafford, have to name Aaron Donald anymore. He's just it's already there. It's just known. I think Stafford though is gonna be interesting. I want to see what McVay does. Does McVay go back to early in the season where you're gonna use a lot of drop back game, or is he gonna to go to the zone run scheme? Is he gonna is he gonna run the ball more, play action off of it, or is he gonna to try to let Matthew Stafford win the game with his arm? Now Matthew Stafford can win the game with his arm, but you're taking a little bit higher of a risk by doing that. Uh, because, I mean, he has Cooper Cup, he got OBJ. But Matt Stafford, I mean, he was doing the no-look arm slot difference before it was cool with Patrick Mahomes and stuff like that. So, uh, I like, I mean, Aaron Rodgers was doing it before him. But, 
But, like, Stafford is, a, like, a great talent, and I think the fact that they're here, even if they lose, proves that the trade for Stafford was worth it. Yeah. Because I don't think they're here with Jared Goff. They're not here with Jared Goff. Jared Goff is not making that throw to Cooper Cup at the end of the Bucks game. Jared Goff is not making some of the throws that Stafford's making to Cooper Cup. Jared Goff had three years with Cooper Cup, and Cooper Cup never did this. Like, you've got a you've got a different talent, and like like Chris said, this is not the last year of Matthew Stafford. He's got, in my opinion, five more years at least. Uh, And so, yeah, year one, you want to you want to see the Super Bowl because then you can say, "Hey guys, look, we proved it. This was worth it." get off our backs, but if they lose, they still have a lot of the pieces. They're able to do what they're supposed to do. And next year, Stafford, I think is even better. So I I'm interested to like, see how the, how McVay plays Stafford. Does he drop back and let him just try to win it with his arm? Or is he going to play a little bit more, not conservative, but is he going to run the ball, play action, do some easier stuff for Stafford to start the game at least. I think just based on simply matchup, I mean, I like the point you brought up about like what style of offense they play against. I mean, when you're looking at, for me personally, if you're looking at your team, like there's no doubt, we will all agree with this. The Rams have a more talented team than the Bengals on paper. Yeah, I agree. 100%. And and, and when that happens, you tend to want to eliminate risk because risk is what, like hurts teams that are favored to win so to me I think it's pretty obvious I don't think it's going to be a sexy game from the Rams I think we're going to see a lot of running and it's they're just I I feel like they're just going to let their defense take over and I think they're going to run the ball a lot and it's if we get that they can if we get to Sunday night and Cam Akers has 200 plus yards two touchdowns and is the Super Bowl MVP you I would not be shocked I was going to say, I think also it depends because I know Cam Akers has been dealing with health, like, you know, injuries and stuff like that. I don't see Sony Michelle being that productive with it. Um, So I think that also makes a factor. I do think, like you said, I think that they start out coming with, you know, the run game is the biggest factor of this. Um, I, I think Matthew Stafford, if you try and put the ball, not to say he can't handle it with the ball in his hands, but you don't want that the whole game. You need to give him something, if it, even if it is short passes and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, Joe Burrow, I mean, it, I don't know really what else to say that you guys haven't already hit is just Joe Burrow is who he is. He's just played so well. He's stayed so cool. He has not had – there was talks of, you know, if Tennessee's defense destroyed him with nine sacks, what is Kansas City's defense going to do? And then, you know, it, Kansas City didn't get any sacks. So I, I just I, I'm really shocked in seeing what Joe Burrow will do, but I don't see this being the game for him. I still see him having a great game. I just don't see this being the outcome for them as well as I see it for the Rams. Um, all right. Well, we've talked about the, the quarterbacks. We talked about why the quarterbacks will be the the defenses of these teams are on, I don't want to say on different sides of the spectrum but one is clearly better than the other. Um, but I want to say this. What are you thinking like of the Ramsey-Chase matchup? I, I'm Okay, and Chris, I am going to go back to you because this is an LSU guy, you know. It is, 
are they gonna do you think if you're the Rams, you don't put Ramsey one on one chase the whole game? Or do you well, I think I think Jalen Ramsey, I like Jalen Ramsey, I think he's great. I think he's overrated. Uh, he is good. He is one of the best in the league. Statistically, when you match him up with Trayvon Diggs, they put up very similar numbers. <laughs> they play really well, but they let up a lot of yards. And it, I mean, I guess that, that's what happens when you cover the number one receiver usually. Um, yeah, as I say, you're not going to stop him the whole time. It's not going to be complete shutdown. I don't know. I think this could be a game. I, I mean, it could be a huge game for Jamar Chase. And the reason I say this is I feel like it's going to be a lot of impromptu playing because you're going to see Joe Burrow rolling out of the pocket. And Jamar Chase is really – I mean, he's had a lot of practice this season with Joe Burrow just extending plays considering how bad their O-line is. Right. Um, but I don't – it's tough. I could see Jamar Chase getting nothing and T. Higgins blowing up, or I could see Jamar Chase absolutely blowing up. It's hard for me to say. I was just about to say, do you see this being, you know, something where since he worries about Cup and and then, you know, Beckham has a great game or, you know, Jefferson has a great game or, you know, L.A. worries about Chase and T. Higgins or Tyler Boyd have that game? Look, Cooper Cup's going to get his. I, yeah, I mean that's that's been proven all season. You don't have over. Did he break two thousand receiving yards? He did, right? No, he no. Did, uh, in the regular he season, sure. And okay, in the the whole season, yes. But in the regular okay, well, season, no. Well, even saying that, for him to have over two thousand yards for the full season, for the full season, it, it's it's not like guys are in week sixteen and they're still like, man, should we double Cooper Cup? <laughs> man i don't know it's not like he's leading the league in receptions touchdowns and yards oh wait he is i mean <laughs> cooper cooper cup is gonna get his jamar chase his his thing he doesn't get the most receptions he doesn't get cooper cup numbers he's a guy who'll get six receptions for 180 and three touchdowns cooper he's cup was play guy. 53 yards short of 2000 so I think they're both going to get theirs. I mean, you look at games where teams have slowed down Jamar Chase. My man still gets 80 receiving yards. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just one of those things. You're not going to stop him. You're just going to slow him down. I think the biggest X factor in the passing game, other than Joe Burrow, is going to be Joe Mixon. Because I think with the pressure, we're going to see a lot of dump-off passes. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a game from Joe Mixon with like 11 receptions for 80 yards, something like that. So, okay, I do have a question. And, Dylan, I'm going to go to you first because it is a coaching question. Zach Taylor was in the hot seat last year. And now he's in the Super Bowl. Is it because of his coaching or is it because of Burrow and Chase? I don't think you can you can discount his coaching. Uh, like, I think what they've done, uh, what he's been able to do, offensively because I mean if you watch their offense I mean that's his specialty he's from McVay's tree yep. uh, they they run a great offense uh, they're efficient that's one of the reasons they're there but people love Zach Taylor they love like Joe Burrow loves Zach Taylor Joe Mixon loves Zach Taylor I mean when they won last or two weeks ago in Kansas City the first person Joe Burrow went to is Zach Taylor um, and so Zach Taylor is really loved there. And it goes to show you, this is a whole nother conversation. Patience with coaching. Um, oh, yeah. It, like, 
people want to say, okay, well, we're just going to take this guy. He's going to come here. If he doesn't win 12 games in year one uh, from a trash team, you're gone. Uh, and it's Dallas. like, no. <clears throat> and it's like, no, Dallas is the opposite. They're like, hey, let's win eight and eight. Let's go eight and eight for 15, like 10 years. And hopefully maybe <laughs> one year you'll, you'll, do, you'll do something. Uh, but Zach Taylor showed you patience and the ability to coach up guys get the right guys into the scheme and coach them up. And it goes to show you that patience at the coaching spot, not just at quarterback, but at coaching, when you have a decent coach will pay off. Now, like certain guys, you know, not the fit urban Meyer example one, (laughs) like, you know, that ain't it. Uh, But like, there are certain guys that you're like, okay, this guy didn't get it in year one or year two, even. And you're like, okay, what can he do? Like, is he, does he seem like he has the locker room? Do the guys want to play for him? Is he improving the team? And if the answer is yes, you keep him. That's why Miami makes no stinking sense. Like when you fire Brian Flores, like, Yep. I mean, there's a whole lot of other issues that are there. I mean, and I don't want to did, open up a whole nother he, thing, but he did tell Tua he wished he drafted someone else over. <laughs> I mean, he could have had Justin Herbert. Like, I, I mean, I, I hear that, but that's not how you build confidence. In that's not how you build a rapport with your quarterback. <laughs> but I mean, Tua could take that as a chip and be like, okay, cool. Like, watch how I, how much better I get. Like, I mean, but I don't know. it's not smart. It's not wise. But, <laughs> I, but like, I, I, yeah. But, I mean, my point is, is, like, you give coaches the opportunity to get what their guys. And it's – you don't build a team in two years most of the time. It takes three to four years. And so you need to give that patience. There's no point in giving a guy a five-year contract when you're going to fire him in two. Like, give him if – if your plan is, like, I need short-term success, put his butt to the hot seat and give him a two-year contract. Yeah, as I like, say – don't sign five years and give like you said, don't sign five, give them two. If you sign them for five, give them five. Finish the like contract if, up. If, if it's really not working, let him go. But if after two years he's making some progress, let him try again. Like give him a year or two. Like you don't build a team in one year. Yeah. Like name me and many NFL teams that build a team in one year. And you could say Cincinnati. But Cincinnati had a lot of the pieces in place. They added some ancillary pieces on the outside that helped them. But then they had a lot of the stuff in place. Well, I mean, let's be real. The reason Zach Taylor's such a great coach, well, not just the reason, but I mean, we have to be honest with ourselves. Bengals coming into this year, this is year two of a rebuild. And they're in the Super Bowl. So, like, their roster is meant to continue a rebuild. Um, (laughs) So, the fact that they're in a Super Bowl, I mean, the credit, obviously, goes to the players a lot. It's got to go to Zach Taylor. I mean, you don't go from worst to the Super Bowl that quickly. It it's incredible what he's done. I mean, like Dylan said, they made some good signings, but realistic, like, the team hasn't really signed like free agency any real stars they just put pieces together it's it's still they they hit on the draft and that yeah they just stuck with it they're patient and now they're reaping the benefit of it and if i remember correctly somebody i'm not pointing at anyone in particular picked that killer at the end of the season to be the coach of the year i didn't pick him to be coach of the year for no reason 
I mean, I'm just saying you picked him at the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> well, getting to that one. Still a good pick. On the other side of the, of the field, you've got Sean McVay, who bet the farm pretty much to go to the Super Bowl this year. He brought in, you know, Matthew Stafford, got rid of some picks, got rid of Jared Goff, brought in Odell Beckham. Like, he's put – he's put – I, I guess it is betting the farm because they don't have a draft pick for what two more years now, a first rounder. So is this like it? You know, you were saying you know if they don't win, but don't they have to almost win this year to really prove the point of this was a good play? No, I think so. I don't. I don't think so. I, mean, I will say this: Sean McVay, his his, we've had conversations about that on this podcast. His brain is ex, is it's exquisite, you know, when it comes to the NFL, when it comes to playing football or talking football or making something for football. You said it earlier, Dylan. You know, he has to put a game plan together for Sean McVay, and he, I think he, or not for Sean, um, for. Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford. I think he's willing to do that. I think he's done that well. I think he did, will do it well. I think he's, you know, that's his that's his bread and butter. But for being as young as he is, I think he's, you know, you said earlier, does he have a coaching tree? He has or Zach Taylor's from his coaching tree. He, he already has, the has best that. coaching tree in the NFL right now. So I don't know. I love both of these coaches. So well, getting with that, um, Dylan, I'm going to hand it over to you. We're going to do our Super Bowl picks for this week. Um, yeah, I'll take it over to you. Well, before that, I, I, I just want like I want to make a point to say like the uh, the that that the Rams. The reason I don't think they need to win is that they don't. They're as much as we want to say that they they built a team through all of these other things like these trades and everything they didn't i mean they added pieces but they built a lot of their stuff through the draft and they they added pieces whenever it was useful odell beckham von miller guys like that but like cooper cup they drafted robert woods i'm pretty sure they drafted hey uh like you got all of these things you add matthew stafford obviously is the big piece and Jalen Ramsey, but a lot of um, a lot of uh, things are happening when it comes to the the Rams that they built through the draft, and so for them to have to wait one more week or one more year, they've showed this year that Matthew Stafford was a huge upgrade. Chris doesn't necessarily agree. I can tell by the look on his face when I said it earlier, but they showed it. So I don't think they need to win this year um to to do it but because i think they have the team and they don't have to go re-sign a bunch of players yes von miller's gone but they have stafford under contract ramsey donald cup woods like they have a lot of their pieces under contract and they can add some good secondary pieces to come and assist those guys but they have a team in place that's ready to compete year after year after year and you needed a quarterback who is going to win you games Matthew Stafford, I, I used this analogy on Ryan Tannehill, and I think, Chris, you agreed with me in the, con, in the chat. Ryan Tannehill is a quarterback you win with, not because of. 
Jared Goff is a, a quarterback you win with, not because of. Matthew Stafford is a quarterback you win because of. And, and Matthew Stafford has shown that throughout his career at certain times. He had the Lions as a team, so, like, you can only do so much. But, but he showed in this playoffs, especially against the Bucks, that he can win. And he can make those big throws that Jared Goff couldn't. Yeah. And so that's especially, why I think – what are you saying? Especially when a defense runs a full-on man blitz when the team's out of field goal range. <laughs> that play run, I, I won't say that play runs through my mind every day. but it's, it's, It might have been one of the thing. worst defensive play calls I've ever seen in my life. I don't hate the call. I do, but I don't. If they were on the forty, if they were on the forty-yard line in fringe field goal range, I don't hate the call. But they were at midfield. That is a stupid call. No, they weren't at midfield. They were other the, the thirty. Or okay, the 20 so, sorry. The yeah. <laughs> sorry. It's like uh, it's just PTSD. It it just flashes <laughs> in my head. Like, oh, trust me, I know all about the PTSD. <laughs> yeah 28 to 7 uh, i mean whenever hey, you saw the hey, 27 hey, when you hey, saw it. Uh, uh, we're not talking about it <laughs> we talked about baby. it last week yes we did that's why i said it. we you don't need to keep doing it so when you saw 27 to 3 against the rams you're like oh that's easy tom's done this before <laughs> my 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 rib hurts oh my gosh oh. i got a cramp <laughs> Uh, all right all right well, let's pick the super bowl <laughs> i'm not gonna pick first because i have zero clue who i'm picking because this is hard uh chris i'm gonna go to you you want the Bengals or the rams i'm i am leaving my logic at the door i've been trying to pick sensibly at, at times not all the time i mean there's a reason i usually finish last in picks <laughs> but I keep doubting the Chris curse is real. So on superstition, I want to choose the Rams, but who I want to win and who I think will win is the Cincinnati Bengals. And partially you guys are going to hate this. And this, I think Sean McVeigh is an, the best assistant coach in the NFL. I don't think he's even close to being the best head coach. Ooh. Ooh. What do you say? I'm oh, sorry, I was not paying attention. I said that Sean McVay Ooh. is the best assistant coach in the league, but is not one of the best head coaches. I don't agree with that. <laughs> I, I know. I, I know. <laughs> well, I mean, you you only ruined like record-setting players. I mean, Todd Gurley. I mean, been to the Super Bowl, lost. Um, had to get by the Saints by a bogus non-call in a PI. Um, you've had your opportunity. You keep signing these players. If he doesn't win it this year, obviously he's not going to be on the hot seat. He is far from the hot seat. I'm not saying that. But if I, in my opinion, if Sean McVay, hot take, if he doesn't win the Super Bowl this year, he never will as the Rams head coach. Hmm. Okay. I can see logic to it, I guess. I can see understanding to it. Well, I, don't, I don't completely I don't to, I don't, agree I don't with it. But... To, I, don't, I don't need you to understand or agree. It's just one of those things that he's 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 had the talent. I, I, I agree with wrong that. things that Chris says. <laughs> Look, he has the talent. He, he's always had the talent. The Rams have been a good team for a long time. And man, talk about wasting someone's career. 
If he doesn't get Aaron Donald a chip, we can't even talk about the Lions anymore about wasting talent. We got to start talking about the Rams. Sam Sam Bradford, who set rookie passing records by, of course, Sean McVay wasn't the coach then, so I can't give him responsibility. Um, (laughs) I was like, wait a second. (laughs) That was a long time ago. (laughs) Wait a second. You know, I'm just going to start blaming him for Mark Bolger and Kurt Warner, too, <laughs> while I'm mad at it. <laughs> All right. Uh, my, I'm going to kind of go a little different. My heart says the Bengals. But I really, really just – because you just said it. I really want to see Aaron Donald and Matthew Stafford both get a rank. I want to see Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and <laughs> – if only they could and Von Miller get a ring, it'd be perfect, but it can't happen. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go Rams. I won't be mad whoever wins, because no matter I, what, a player that I a player that I love wins the Super Bowl. I agree with that. I think this will be one great – I think people are not making this as a a good a game as I think it'll be. This is going to be the Super Bowl for bomb Super Bowl parties, because there will be, like, not a lot of anger between people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I think I'm gonna land on the Rams. I wouldn't be like, but I agree. Like, I won't be mad. I just think Joe Burrow has 15 more years to win a Super Bowl, and Matthew Stafford only has a few. Uh, and I like Matthew Stafford, so I really want to see him win a Super Bowl. Same with Aaron Donald. Um, Odell would be nice to see win a Super Bowl. Um, so, yeah. and and so that Chris can take away his stupid take about Sean McVay. <laughs> Well, no, it's hey, you can't you can't say that he hasn't had talent his entire time with I the agree. Rams. I agree, he's had talent, but like there is no reason how hard it is to win a Super Bowl. I, I I hear that, but the talent he has had consistently to only make the Super Bowl once. Look at the Chiefs. I mean, they've done more in less years under Andy Reid than the Rams have with Sean McVay. I think it's about the same. I was going to say, they've been I both mean, at four, four years in I last. Mean, the, except the Chiefs have won a Super Bowl, been to another, and then lost in an AFC championship game. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give you that. that. I'll give you I'll that give one. That. Yeah. Um, I would say this, that I, I think that I like the Chiefs coaching staff a lot better than the Rams, though, too. I mean, yeah. I think, give me give me Patrick Mahomes, and I could be a pretty darn good coach. <laughs> Hey Pat, uh, what do you want to do? Uh, okay, yeah, cool. right. <laughs> uh, on that note, everybody enjoy um, this weekend. You know the Super Bowl. I will say this as the old guy of the group. I am also excited to kind of see the halftime show. Um, I grew up, you know, Doctor Dre Snoop Dogg. I grew up with that, so I am kind of excited <laughs> with that one. Uh, so as usual, guys, if you have anything to say, you want to comment, add to our, our uh, list of topics, please leave it in our Facebook. Um, I know we haven't said that in a while, but we need to bring it back. Uh, Who day? Who day? On that Let's note. This in there, Kyle Murray to the bus. Bye. On that note, y'all have a great week. We'll talk to you next week.